Another general gets in trouble for racy text messages to a woman who's not his wife. Welcome back to USA Today's Cup of Politics. I am Paul Singer, the Washington correspondent here at the nation's newspaper. And this week we're digging into this very odd story about sexual misbehavior in the military. Our colleague Tom Vandenbroek has been reporting for the past year or so on a series of basically bad generals, uh, senior Pentagon officials who have been involved in sex scandals, frankly, not far removed from what we're seeing in Hollywood these days. And some of the things he's found have been shocking and surprising, not, I suppose, because of the behavior themselves. Uh, boorish behavior is not really all that unusual amongst, you know, the American public, I suppose. But it's been surprising because the military's response has been so frankly lame. So he asked Tom to come in and talk about what he's found, the kind of punishments the military is meeting out, and why it's been so hard for the military to come to grips with the fact that, like a lot of other organizations in America, they do have a problem with sexual harassment. Tom Vandenbroek, thanks for joining us here on USA Today's Cup of Politics. Paul, it's great to be here. I love what you and Taylor have done with the place. Yeah, we uh, fancied it up a little bit. So this week you're writing that the Army terminated a two-star general who texted flirty messages to the wife of a soldier under his command, basically, right? Right. What, what exactly... Well, let's just go back to the facts. How did this one come to light uh, and what happened here? This came to light because a whistleblower approached me about it, and uh, these messages had been received over a period of several months on Facebook Messenger. And uh, so they dumped a bunch of them on me, dozens of them. And it was quite clear that it was the general, Major General Joseph Harrington, and he was sending these messages, which became increasingly sort of flirty and frankly, very sophomoric. And one one of them, he, in all caps, wrote to her that she was a hottie, H-O-T-T-I-E. Yeah, that seems not without interpretation. Like, I mean, you pretty much, at that right. point, yeah. you're it's, starting something. It's beyond the pale, right? Yeah. And the issue, of course, is that he is, he was in command of U.S. Army Africa, as well as this base in Italy where he was, was located. And this woman was married to a sergeant, just a young kid from, you know, the middle, middle America. How did the general know her? She told me that he saw her in a gym and she was doing some community relations work around the base. She thought it would be good networking to get in touch with him. And then this sort of weird texting relationship it began spiraled to flourish. Downhill yeah, it spiraled downhill very fast. So let's be clear here. We, we don't believe there's any sexual relationship ultimately. No, uh, she told me nothing, nothing like that occurred. She got cold feet when things started to get a little bit weird in mm. her mind. And she decided she didn't want anything more to do with it, nor did her husband who found out about it. So what's the crime here for the general? I mean, this is the part of military discipline I don't fully understand. We've all heard the term conduct unbecoming an officer, and it's a real thing. You can't do that. There's the sense of good order and discipline. You just, you can't have, you know, a superior officer or even in the civilian world, you just can't have somebody who is in a position to influence your career 
or and in this case, send troops to to war. Right. And then he's picking on your wife. It just right. that does not fly. That is the opposite of good order and discipline. And this general ultimately admitted that he had done this. That's what I'm told that he did admit to it. And this week, um, it would seem that the army determined that they they only issued a they issued a very brief statement saying that he'd been essentially fired. So he'll be brought back to the United States and he'll serve out his time while they complete the investigation and then determine at which rank he'll retire, which for him will likely be lower than the two stars he's at. And if that's the case, then he'll lose likely tens of thousands of dollars in pension per year. I think you and I have discussed this before, Mm -hmm. is that part of the punishment for these activities is just that, is that you can be basically docked back to where you were before they decide you were a bad guy. They determine the last rank at which you served satisfactorily. Now, there's some concern that they'll just look at, and because I've talked to victims advocates about this case in particular, that they will just look at this case and say, okay, he was a major general when this occurred. He did not serve honorably or satisfactorily, and this ranks will dock him back one. Will they look further to see if there was a pattern here? Right. To see if this was the one time that he's done this in his entire life, you know? Well, and this is the interesting question because you've been finding these cases repeatedly. I mean, I think it was the Navy commander Cervello was the one you found prior to this one. Right. This is, as we have uh, affectionately called him around the office, Grabby Santa. It was a case of a, of a guy who got grabby at the, at the office Christmas party. And the issue was not only that, it was that his bosses knew and didn't do anything. That is the issue. And the key issue is that his boss isn't just any boss. His boss is the top sailor in the Navy. He's the chief of naval operations, Admiral John Richardson, who's a member of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And this incident, I'll I'll just go over it real quickly. This goes back to Christmas 2016, a drunken Christmas party inside the Pentagon. Also not a good idea. Not a good idea. Never a good idea. And Cervello, according to documents that we obtained, was making lewd passes at a number of subordinate young officers, women officers. He slapped a senior civilian woman on the ass. And this continued, and they went out to dinner, and he pursued another woman who had a young officer who had obviously been drinking. Within days, there was an investigation that was launched. So this is still this is December 2016. Right, December 2016. Within days, Navy captain comes back and says he found evidence that showed Cervello was engaged in predatory behavior. So wow. I don't know if you need, a, I don't know what kind of red flag you need at that point, right? And this guy, and Cervello had. Uh, he was the chief spokesman. Uh, the for, chief spokesman for for the navy oper- uh, chief of naval operations, right. and he had supervisory positions over some people, right? Well, not necessarily supervisory, but he outranked them. Yeah. So he wasn't. They, they weren't direct reports to him necessarily, but they would have. They would obviously have to pay deference to him. He's a right. he was a ranking officer. The issue for this was that so okay. There's this report that finds that he's engaged in predatory behavior. Which his bosses clearly saw. Yes, they should have seen. And it it launched a Navy criminal investigative service investigation as well, a formal investigation. But one of the initial findings and recommendations was that this guy be put in a spot where he had no contact, basically, with young female officers. And this is in December, right? Until I started working on the story in August... And into September, when I made a FOIA request for this, he had still been Richardson's spokesman. He was still in the same position. Still in the same position. Facing no restriction or punishment. No, none at all. And until I FOIA'd it for the materials, 
he was still in that job. And then suddenly he was reassigned. I still don't, by the way, I still don't have that foyer um, filled. Well, what do we know about what discipline he's facing now? Well, we don't know very much at all. We know that he's no longer on that job, that he's no longer the CNO spokesman. He's in another he's in another spot, but we don't know what's going to happen to him ultimately. And you told me, I think at some point, that his boss, Richardson, had recommended him for some other job or something? There was a job open to be the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff spokesman. Wow. And there's some question as to whether Cervello was, in fact, the candidate for that or whether he was just merely speaking to General Dunford, who is... Chatting about it. Yeah, yeah, or just chatting about it. So the Navy says no. The Navy says he was never a candidate for that, but... Well, okay. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we will see. But, exactly. but, but the fact of the matter is that Richardson had this guy on his staff for six months, knew that these allegations had been made against him, knew that a recommendation had been made by the IG that he be essentially quarantined and did nothing. Well, back up just a little bit. I mean, this is just a term of art, but it was an investigating officer. It wasn't the IG who uh, made this recommendation. Now, NCIS went back and looked at it more th- more fully. Don't have that report yet, but they reached some of the same conclusions because ultimately Cervello is gone. Right. So the question is, when did Richardson formally know that this guy was a problem? Right. Now, he should have known or could have known within days. Well, why does this keep happening? I mean, what, what intrigues me about this is you are uh, you know, one of our Pentagon reporters here at USA Today, and, and yet this has become almost a full-time beat for you because these cases keep appearing. You know, there's more than one or two, and it keeps happening. It does keep happening. The question is, why don't we know more? Why don't we know the scope and the depth of the problem? And this goes back years. I mean, this this has gone back at least four years under Chuck Hagel when he set up an office to determine just that. And I spoke with uh, the former secretary a few weeks ago, and he told me that he wanted that office to determine exactly how many cases of this were going on. That office folded shortly, well, within a year or two after Hagel was shown the door, but it never got to that point, never got that question answered. So it's still it's still unanswered. We do know from some of the reporting that I've done that there are about 100 instances of misconduct every year since 2013 among senior officers and some senior civilians. Now, that doesn't mean there are 100 individuals, but one individual could be responsible for three, four right. of these instances. But we do know that there are 100 really problematic things that are going on every year among these top officers and senior officials. So that's a bit of the scope of it, but we don't we don't know that that's all of it. That's all that's been investigated and found. Well, even it, in those, with, uh, as you said, Harrington, you found. I found. Now, he'll show up in those statistics ultimately, but if they hadn't come to me and we hadn't written the story, would he continue to be in, in command? I, I don't know. I can't answer that. So I don't, I don't know what the depth of it is. And they very specifically at the Pentagon don't know either. And I've talked to senior officials, former recent uh, senior officials who have been in charge of personnel who know of no trend analysis that's been done in that regard. So they're not ca- keeping count? I mean, they're not trying to document this in a meaningful way? No, they're not trying to document it in a meaningful way. Now, you can draw your own conclusions as to why that is. Why wouldn't you want to know that? You had the Secretary of Defense saying, I need to know the depth and the scope of this. And then he gets slow rolled. He gets... 
essentially canned, and nothing happens with that. And the office that he created to do this has been closed? Has been closed without answering those questions that he specifically, in a news conference, said he wanted answered. Has Mattis talked about this at all? I've asked, and uh, he's not willing to engage on this issue. Uh, Congress, I presume, is engaging in some way? Yes, there are members of the Armed Services Committees on both the Senate and the House sides who are very interested in this. And I would assume um, that, well, I've been told that we'll, we'll probably hear about some hearings coming up on it. So let me ask sort of the broad 30,000-foot question here. Is there something in military culture that is going on here? I have heard, well, let me just say that I think there are probably some similarities with what happened in Hollywood as well. I mean, you've got men in very powerful positions. Nobody can question them. Nobody can question them. And they have the authority to make somebody's life very good or very bad. And that can twist people's minds in in various ways. And obviously, we've seen it in Hollywood. I I don't think it's any different in male-dominated hierarchies anywhere, you know, military or not. Mm -hmm. Corporate America, the same. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that's probably the case. I mean, look at Hollywood. It's almost the exact same thing. Right. And a conspiracy of silence in both places, right? Nobody's clamoring to talk about these stories at the Pentagon. They've got to be unearthed, right? That's right. Well, and it's interesting to see for the Pentagon, particularly where, as you said at the outset, the military code sets a very strict ethical performance uh, bar, much higher than the bar is set in any kind of clarity in the private sector or in Hollywood, for God's sakes. That's true, right. Um, so the question, I guess, is how does the military shove itself over that bar, as it were, and, and find a way to really truly enforce the standard that I, appears to be pretty clearly set? It is clearly set. It reminds me of one thing. It's a little bit of, maybe explains a little bit of what's going on. There's a sense of entitlement that happens when you pin on a star, as I was told by a recently retired two-star officer. And he used this um, really um, sort of a brief little example of it. He said that um, he'd rushed back to his office from a meeting, and he said, oh, man, I'm just sweating like a pig. Went into his office, and within 10 minutes, one of his young aides, a young lieutenant, had went down to the CVS in the Pentagon or wherever and bought him a new pack of T-shirts because she assumed that because he said he was sweating, he wanted to have fresh, clean clothes. And that was something that she took on herself? She took on herself, yeah. And he said, no, 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 you can't do that. You know, take that. That's not what I meant at all. Right. But he said, when the boss has a good day, everybody has a good day in, in the office. And when the boss has a bad day, it's not a good thing. So everybody is invested in trying to make the boss happy no matter what. Amazing. Well, Tom, I look forward to, I suppose, your continued reporting on the topic. Uh, it needs to be done, Paul. That's what I'm here for. Uh, where can folks find you on Twitter? T. Vandenbrook. At T. Vandenbrook. And of course, we can find your stuff on usatoday.com. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Paul. Tom still has a couple of stories coming out in the next couple of weeks. I hope you'll keep track of us here at usatoday.com. These are stories we think are important to write. Uh, We're getting some pushback from the military. How come you're only writing the bad news stories? And I think the answer is because they're going to continue to be bad news whether or not we write the stories. And if we write the stories, I think we help the military begin to focus on what it needs to fix. So with that, thanks for listening to another episode of Cup of Politics. We hope that you are enjoying the show. We hope you'll be uh, subscribing, of course, at Apple Podcasts. Thanks, as always, to Taylor Macon, our producer, for making the show sound so good. 
And thanks, of course, to Chris Moscatello for our theme music.